0: Good news, good news, good news. Welcome to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and I want to start off right off the bat with something that uh, it's good news in one sense, but it typically would, I would imagine, uh, ordinarily fall into the heading of Super Tuesday because it has to do with the political cycle. Not that it is going to impact the election one way or the other uh, midterm-wise, but I, I want to encourage you as you are getting, I mean, this is the week that the ballots came out for so many people who are going to vote uh, mail-in for our listenership in Colorado, our listenership in California, our listenership in Oregon, those are all now predominantly vote-by-mail states, and they're also Democrat-leaning. So please know, if you're a conservative, I've seen a lot of people posting uh, on their social media pages, remember, walk in on November 8th and put in your ballot. Let me tell you, and I mean this most sincerely, um, when it comes to ballots being counted or not being counted, With the mail-in system the way it is right now, there was a time in the U.S. where there was a possibility that mail-in ballots would get thrown out. Um, There was a 4% probability, and and that's pretty consistent with what you'd expect, something coming in the mail. People will find, the, the ballot workers, poll workers will find irregularities. Um, And oftentimes that could be something as basic as you were supposed to sign the outside of the ballot on your mail-in and you forgot to sign it. So now your ballot, you know, doesn't count or in Pennsylvania, I guess it does. And then there are other places where, you know, quite frankly, they'll notice that someone who is registered to vote in one county winds up voting in another. And I've been through that before. I mean, I I checked diligently at my previous address in Orange County to make sure that my new address in Riverside County does not have, uh, you know, I'm not getting two ballots. Uh, that the new residents there at the Orange County home aren't getting my ballot from the old one. Um, Those are things that we have to be diligent on, but I know that a lot of organizations are watching very closely and very feverishly to purge voter rolls of names that are on there illegally or duplicitously, you know, whatever, And, and that's a good thing. But the good news that I wanted to share with you today involves a member of the Democrat Party who looked at her party and said, I don't know who you are anymore. I'm leaving. And now please understand this is not because I'm a conservative and I don't know I understand why anyone would vote Democrat. I am no party preference as are several members of my family. We vote policy, not party. We vote principle, not personality. Those are those are very, very important things to us. Now, if that means we wind up more voting more Republican than Democrat, I get it. You know, are we registered one way or the other? You know, if you if you register no party preference in the state of California, you don't have the opportunity to vote in Republican primaries. So, you know, there's there are certain things you have to do, certain trade-offs you have to make where you can have a conviction, but then maybe registered a different way. And I get that people have those types of things all the time. But one of the things we brought up uh, during the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast yesterday uh, something that Bob Duco asked me to close the program with and if you haven't had a chance to listen to the NCR podcast yet it's kind of a doozy first one we ever did on zoom so you get half of Bob's head and John not on camera because his computer wasn't working it's kind of fun Neil wasn't even actually able to make the recording this week but one of the questions Bob asked me in the final minute of the program was about this whole issue can a Christian vote Democrat And he kind of put me on the spot and said, oh, by the way, you have 60 seconds. If you listen to our flagship affiliate, KBRT, and you've ever wanted to hear the second half hour of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, um, it is now available on Sunday afternoons, I think, on Terrestrial Radio. So uh, something like (laughs) 3.30 to 4 on Sunday afternoons. Check your local listing for time. But the, the podcast now doesn't have so much of a podcast feel in the sense that it used to be first half hour, we were really tight on a schedule. Second half hour, we could just go on, and sometimes we go on for 45 minutes. Um, now we're a little more tight with the radio thing. So, but Bob asked me, can you make a compelling case for a Christian to be part of the Democrat Party? And I said, the short answer is no. If you look at the party platform of the Democrat Party, it's gone so far left, it's gone so far progressive that there's really no way, I think, that a Christian can justify voting Democrat. Now, I'm sure we have some bottom line listeners who are registered Democrats who voted Democrat your whole life, and I'm not suggesting that your vote isn't valid, but I don't know, I I can't square our values in Christianity with the values of the Democrat Party, from abortion to crazed spending to uh, irresponsible LGBT activism to uh, trying to basically enshrine illegal status for people who come here illegally. it It doesn't make any sense. Well, earlier this week, and this is something we talked about at the start of the podcast as well, Tulsi Gabbard, former Democratic Congresswoman military veteran from the great state of Hawaii, announced that she would be leaving the Democrat Party. Now, most people would, I think if you followed what happened like during the, uh, the primaries in 2020, remember the pre- she ran for president. Um, there's a great shot of her with uh, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Amy Klobuchar from uh, Minnesota, uh, Pete Buttigieg. From, I mean, you look at that list, that lineup, and you have to wonder. And Kamala Harris was up there, too. Remember, Kamala Harris went out after the first round of primaries. And wound up becoming vice president. If the Democrats were true to their political stance, Tulsi Gabbard made a lot better sense, I think, as a Democrat vice presidential candidate for Joe Biden than Kamala Harris did. But here's what they did. They looked at this woman and said, okay, she's of uh, a mixed race background, uh, quite religious. She's a big supporter of religious liberty. From what I've read, she started her journey religiously as a Hindu. Um. You know, she's, she's from Hawaii, got that island vibe going on. She's a veteran. She, I mean, she's articulate. She's thoughtful. She is pro-LGBT marriage. She is pro-abortion. But she's one of the clearest thinkers or had been in the Democrat Party. I'm looking at the Democrat Party just in this one photo. Elizabeth Warren, who has the questionable Native American heritage. Bernie Sanders, who's a devout socialist. And Pete Buttigieg was the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. I mean, seriously, how big is South Bend, Indiana? I'm going to Google that while we're having this conversation. South Bend, Indiana, how did that become a springboard for national political status in the Democrat Party? Why is it so? The population of South Bend is 102,000 people. So let that sink in. You are probably listening to, I mean, if you are typical of a bottom line show listener you are listening in either a town that has well over 100,000 people or you're listing a town that has less than 1,000 because demographically, that's where we cater to. I mean, that's, that's who listens to us, and I dig that. But I just wanted to commend Tulsi Gabbard again here on Good News Friday for having courage to step away from the party, knowing that she is nationally recognized as a Democrat, knowing that she is pro-LGBT, knowing that she's pro-abortion even, and yet, we hear rumblings, if you go back and listen to the podcast, my colleague John Rush yesterday on the on the NCR, National Crawford Roundtable podcast, acknowledged that he is close to people in, Dulce, in Tulsi Gabbard's campaign world or political world. Um, I know what that's like. It, it's very common. Bob Duco mentioned that the, uh, the young woman who's running for, I believe, Secretary of State of uh, the People's Republic of Michigan grew up listening to Bob Duco on WMUZ. Uh, Back in the 2016 campaign, the Ted Cruz campaign in Houston used to listen to the bottom line show every day. We had many uh, bottom line surrogates for from Ted Cruz's camp because they liked the fact that they, uh, they told us quite often they thought we were fair. You know, there, there were some criticisms against the Cruz campaign in 2016. Guys like Mike Lee, who's one of his surrogates, came on here regularly. Uh, his dad, Rafael uh, Cruz, was a, a regular contributor. And the Cruz campaign used to listen to the bottom line show, and they said, at least what you're presenting is fair with regard to the candidates. You're not speaking ill of Ted Cruz just because Donald Trump does the whole lying Ted Cruz thing. So we know, I mean, the, uh, the Crawford hosts have a reputation with national campaigns, whether it's Tulsi Gabbard with John Rush, Ted Cruz with yours truly, which is crazy because we're based in California, or many of the state legislator people who are hanging out with Bob Duco. Um, That's why I know why a lot of people listen to NCR, but I wanted to commend Tulsi Gabbard. John informs us that she may be leaning further away from Hinduism and more toward Christian values. Um, this is a woman who was the first Hindu elected to Congress when she was elected. Uh, the first, uh, the youngest person to ever win a seat in the Hawaii legislature. And she did not run for reelection in 2019 simply because she was running for president in 2020. And it's interesting because the, well, we're going to put an article up with the Christian post where they talk about what this message sends. And it's not saying, Hey, isn't that great? Now Tulsi Gabbard is a Christian and she's a Republican. We don't know that. But the fact that a someone who could be a leading star, a rising star, she's only 41 years old, a rising star of the Democrat Party looked and said, look, my party is leaving me. I'm not leaving it. Um, and, and she she did mention the cowardly wokeness and the hostility to people of faith. Look, I will take someone who supports religious liberty, even if they aren't a Christian running for office any day of the week versus somebody who who is just stuck on totalitarian leftism and things that really don't help us in uh, the body of Christ in particular, but the uh, United States in general. And uh, so that's why I'm, I'll be watching very curiously to see what happens with Tulsi Gabbard, especially as she uh, gets ready for a campaign aspirations in 2024. You know that is in fact the case. As we continue, do you feel like the election of 2020 and maybe even the election of 2016, left you with a certain measure of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, I know I've experienced it to a certain extent in terms of relationally, and I know a lot of bottom line listeners have dealt with this as well. Becky Johnson recently teamed up with author Steve Arterburn in the Arterburn Wellness Series to pin an outstanding volume to help people who are dealing with PTSD. Uh, The book is simply called, uh, she's the author of more than 60 books. She's covered all sorts of different genres from humor to brain science. Uh, She's also got a cooking book out. She's just a delightful person and a Colorado resident. Uh, Becky Johnson, the co-author of a new book called Understanding and Loving a Person with Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, Biblical and Practical Wisdom to Build Empathy, Preserve Boundaries, and Show Compassion. We have a link for the book up at TheBottomLineShow.com. The good news on this Good News Friday is there is hope for people battling with PTSD. Becky Johnson and I are going to talk about it coming up next as The Bottom Line continues.
1: Clients love her. Insurance companies fear her. No other personal injury attorney knows the inner workings of insurance companies like Stephanie Cover of Cover Law. In a cutthroat industry where most attorneys don't even last five years, Stephanie Cover spent 20 years defending insurance companies, never compromising her integrity despite constant external pressure. During those 20 years, Stephanie Cover gained invaluable insight into the tricks of the trade. She knows more about your insurance policy than your adjuster does. Today, Cape Wright's personal injury attorney uses her unparalleled knowledge of the insurance company's playbook to call their bluff every time, even earning the grudging respect from lawyers and adjusters who know they can't get anything by her. She used to defend them. Now she beats them at their own game. Schedule a free, no-obligation consultation at capewrightradio.com
0: coverlaw. She knows the other side. Understanding and Loving a Person with Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder. Uh, Joined for this conversation by Becky Johnson, uh, the author of more than 60 books. Uh, She looks at all sorts of different types of, uh, uh, anywhere from self-help to cooking to inspiration. Uh, She lives with her husband, who's a good acquaintance of mine in Colorado with their family, too. Becky, it's great to have you on the Bottom Line Show today.
2: Oh, thanks for having me. I'm just really looking forward to this just chit-chat.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm looking forward to it, too, though I know some people would say, Roger, you're weird. Why are you looking forward to a conversation about post-traumatic stress disorder? But, <laughs> but I think I, I'm, I'm grateful, first of all, because of your expertise, Becky, in, in this area and in the, in the way you've written in this new book, but also, too, it's a conversation, I think, the more dialogue we have about it, it might make it a little easier for people, first of all, to understand what it is, but secondly, for families who are impacted by it to say, Hey, you know what? I'm not the only one. I'm not going through this all by myself. Is that an accurate assessment?
2: Right, and 70% of people have some kind of trauma in their life. I mean, it's going to touch us at one point or another, and we may have children that have been traumatized. So about 20% go on to get PTSD, but in between there, if you have experienced a trauma or your child's experienced a trauma, maybe they're not going to get full-blown PTSD or maybe you can help prevent them from getting it um, by, by using some of the things that are in this book. So I do think it touches a wide variety of the population, more than we tend to think.
0: Mm-hmm. I, and I, when I was noticing the Los Angeles Times had a headline on an article earlier this week, and it said, USA now stands for the United States of Anxiety.
2: Oh and I, goodness!
0: Is that is is that an accurate statement based on the work that you've done and the number of people who are saying, "Wow, I didn't realize that I was uh, that I actually been impacted by PTSD"?
2: I really believe so. I think I think the political climate, I think um, the busy climate, and I think the technology and the social media, the things that have bombarded us, those things have added to the natural course of human. Uh, sorrow and anxiety and worry and the things that we've normally dealt with, I do feel like we're kind of on a fast-forward track mm-hmm. of anxiety, mm-hmm. yeah. and that we've got to be pretty proactive about calming that down. Mm-hmm. And that is another thing about PTSD and this book, is that I give some just... Plain old helpful practical ideas on how to calm anxiety of any mm-hmm. kind for anyone
0: well that's good Becky Johnson is with me today here on the bottom line I'm Roger Marsh Becky is the co-author along with Steve Arterburn of the brand new book called understanding and loving a person with post-traumatic stress disorder biblical and practical wisdom to build empathy preserve boundaries and show compassion we've got a link for the book up at the bottom uh, what drew you into this type of writing I mean you write about a lot of different fields but mm-hmm. this isn't uh, this is one that that's actually touched you uh, in many different ways. Talk about
2: that. Yeah, it was so interesting. I think the thing that really got me interested was, um, first of all, I was in an abusive relationship for a long time, so mm. I had what they call complex PTSD, which is a little bit different than uh, what they call PTSD one, which is usually a traumatic one-time event. Okay. Like you know, a bomb blows up or something. Car so accident, in fire in your home, something like that. Yeah. Where there's like off and on abuse or intermittent abuse those are a little bit more complicated and it's really interesting just like a soldier will survive the war Mm -hmm. once he's safe is when he starts having the nightmares and you know these um, anxiety attacks and that's exactly what happened to me i survived the long-term abusive relationship but when i got into a safe good healthy marriage um, and everything was fine, and I could finally breathe, mm-hmm. I began having nightmares. Interesting. And it's just because your body is finally safe, and it says, okay, now you can grieve that yep. thing that you couldn't grieve, that mm-hmm. you all those lumps that you swallowed, you know, when you couldn't, when you just had to survive. And so that happened to me, and it was very puzzling. And at the same time, I started working with Dr. Amen and a, one of his friends, Dr. Earl Hinslin who... They do brain scans and mm-hmm. I decided to do a project with Dr. Henslin and they gave me a free brain scan. So. I got my brain examined.
0: And what was that <laughs> for everyone who said, Becky, you really need your head examined? You're like, Okay, well check this out. I mean I really <laughs> it was, I really did it. Was it. So but
2: interesting. What I was gonna say,
0: I I'm fa now they've had my chest ripped open and stuff like that. I'm like anything like this, I'm like, This sounds so cool. What was it like for I mean, were you apprehensive going in or were you kinda like, Okay, I wanna see what this looks like?
2: Yeah, both. Yeah, you know, okay. I was just hoping they'd find some kind of brain matter in there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anything else was gravy, right? <laughs> yes, and then, of
2: course, I was a little bit concerned. You know, you just you, you want to score high. I don't know. I'm an overachiever. I wanted mm-hmm. everything to be good. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, my brain was basically, they have two kinds of scans. One just shows if it's the health of it, if it's getting pretty good blood flow everywhere. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was great. I was doing really well, but, the, but on this other scan, it showed what Dr. Amen calls a diamond pattern, and so areas were that kind of form a diamond shape in the brain, and it makes sense when you think about it. So the areas that were overactive were the areas of fear and anxiety, mm-hmm. some depression, And then also this area of the brain that I call it kind of like a a, a gerbil wheel. You get stuck on a thought and can't Mm -hmm, let go. And so PTSD is all of that. It's sadness, it's anxiety, and it's getting stuck. It's getting kidnapped emotionally by usually a looping thought Mm -hmm. that you can't let go of. And when they saw that, they asked me if I had ever had any trauma. And I just started crying because it was like somebody was looking into my soul Mm -hmm. and saw what I was struggling with. But it was also eye-opening because I began to see, oh, this is my brain, and it has an issue, and I stopped internalizing it like it's not me. you are. I am not my trauma. Mm-hmm. You are not your trauma. Right. Your brain has been affected by your life circumstances, and so... You need to calm your brain. And so that is, I think that's the most fascinating thing about getting a brain scan is you detach. Oh, my goodness.
0: (laughs) Becky Johnson is with me today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. She's the co-author of a brand new book in the Arterburn Wellness series called Understanding and Loving a Person with Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. I'm thinking, Becky, I'm just fascinated, but it's kind of spellbinding to hear your story talking about Everything that you went through, the way that your brain kind of adjusted, kind of adapted. I mean, I think of people who experience childhood uh, abuse of any kind and how they're trying to cope with that. And it, I, I think that was a huge revelation for you to say, hey, look, you know, when you see a soldier who comes back, for example, from the war, the problems start when they get home because all of a sudden it's safe and they're not still in fighting combat mode. And for you being in an abusive marriage. I mean, you were you were just trying to survive every day. Once you got right. to a, once you got to a healthy marriage, that's when all the problems started. And so, uh, there right. are pro- probably a lot of people who have symptoms of PTSD and don't even know it because they're still kind of in that I'm fighting this thing off. Now, what are some of the symptoms that we should be looking for? I mean, as, as loved ones who care about other people saying Oh, some of the help.
2: symptoms, of, of if, you, if you have PTSD, yeah, yeah. well, one of them is, you know, the classic one is that you have repetitive nightmares, which I had. Um, sometimes you might have, like, just a drip, drip, drip kind of crying. It's a crying that is different than anything I've experienced before, and mm-hmm. it's just like I could be washing the dishes or taking a walk, and these tears would just start flowing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even conscience, but it was my body saying, okay, you can release those tears. And I think that's the weirdest thing about PTSD is it's both mental and, and it is spiritual and, mm-hmm. it is, and it is also body. And anybody who's ever had a frightening experience and afterwards, you know, your legs feel like jello mm-hmm. and you start trembling, that's your body getting rid of adrenaline. And so that often happens to people as they're healing from PTSD their body will actually tremble and let go of some of that stored up adrenaline. So it's really all of it. So if that's that's another sign of it, is if you have that kind of frequent trembling, if you get triggered by something mm-hmm. like, uh, a, a, something that would trigger your memory, a scene, a, a smell, a, um, a song, any anything can trigger, like, um, oh, I have a friend who was a soldier, and he cannot go into a crowded place, And if he is in one, he has to look at the door because he's always thinking of how to escape because he experienced a bomb exploding in a crowded place. Well, that makes sense, you know. Um, Intrusive thoughts, when you're not really wanting to think about it, but it just keeps coming at you, um, really unbidden thoughts. Hmm. Sometimes people will get numb. Uh, They have kind of a deer-in-the-headlights look. Men especially are prone to this one. They just kind of are talking to you but they're in a far-off place yeah. you can tell it
0: mm-hmm. yeah
2: so those are some of them shutting down is another one um, there's oh, oh, this is one increased startle response which is kind of funny because I have a real high startle response <laughs> And I have scared so many people at the grocery store. They'll say, uh-huh. "May I help you?" And I scream, and then they scream. And,
0: I, I'm not you know. laughing at you. I'm laughing with you because I, I've seen people have those moments before. And they are certain. I've got one of my daughters, especially, as one of those. Ah, you know, kind of get into I it. Startle. And yeah, they they startle people all the time. So then, if it's magnified because of PTSD, it then, is. You know, it, it. But that also might be something that could potentially be overlooked as a sign.
2: Yes. Exactly, exactly. Wow. So those are some things. Um, you know, there's more, but I don't want to read the whole book to you. That's use. okay.
0: No, we're going to talk, take a break here and give our listeners a chance to go to the Bottom Line Show website and take a look at this book. The book is called Understanding and Loving a Person with Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, Biblical and Practical Wisdom to Build Empathy, Preserve Boundaries, and Show Compassion. It's by Steve Arterburn and my guest today here on The Bottom Line, Becky Johnson. We've got a link for the book up at the thebottomlineshow.com. As we continue, we'll talk about how to become compassionate in the sense that, wow, there's someone in my world that's got PTSD, it's affecting a lot of other people, and I want to be compassionate. I don't just want to say, get over it, you know, but actually say, you know, things that would actually be a benefit. And then uh, we'll talk about the, uh, the, the post-traumatic growth. How do you move beyond what you're experiencing right now? More of my conversation with author Becky Johnson in just a moment as the bottom line continues. Want to continue receiving income into retirement with little market risk? Dennis Wilson and Wilson Financial Services can help you secure a permanent income and benefits, addressing your risk tolerance with professional advisory knowledge. You have a large 401k or
3: IRA as your retirement nest egg. How about a four-dimensional plan that will pay you and your spouse income for life without stock market risk? How about we include inflation benefits so your income goes up annually? How about we include extra income benefits for long-term care, and if you need one or both, you both have it? That's right, permanent income inflation benefits, long-term care benefits, with no market risk. We have put over $50 million of our client's money in the 40 account in the last few years. These clients are sleeping way better at
0: night. Learn more when you call Wilson Financial today at 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. Wilson Financial, for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and uh, Becky Thompson is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. We're talking about a difficult subject, but you're probably wondering why are we discussing Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder on the Good News Friday edition of The Bottom Line. Well, the good news is there is hope, there is help, and Becky is the co-author of a book from the Steve Arterburn Wellness Series. She and Steve Arterburn have written a book called Understanding and Loving a Person with Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, Biblical and Practical Wisdom to Build Empathy, Preserve Boundaries, and Show Compassion. We've got a link for the book up at the thebottomlineshow.com. We're giving away a copy of the book today, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. is the number to get you through to the bottom line. And you know, it's interesting. um, A couple days ago, we had Fernando Arroyo on the program. He was talking about uh, veterans dealing with PTSD. And I mentioned that we had one copy of the book, but if any veteran wanted to call in and wanted a copy of the book, we would get them one. I'm going to extend the same offer here To anybody who's got a family member who's dealing with PTSD and you're looking for ways to be more sympathetic and empathetic to their situation, give Teresa or Crystal a call, whoever's answering the phones right now, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number that gets you through to the bottom line. And as we uh, uh, continue our conversation with Becky on the other side of this break, uh, we're taking a look at how we can offer some help and hope for people who are dealing with PTSD, the dreaded post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, The good news is there is help. There is hope. And Becky and I will continue that conversation on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues in just a moment. When a young mother hears her baby's heartbeat for the first time, everything changes. They know that's a baby. And when you partner with us and Preborn, You let them see the ultrasound image and God takes care of the rest. Roger Marsh here for Preborn, our newest member of the Bottom Line Show family. Preborn is helping women by helping them see their child on the ultrasound. Hear that baby's heartbeat for the first time after getting that pregnancy test and you'd be amazed at the results. So far for the first half of this year, more than 25,000 babies have been saved through Preborn and 25 ultrasound machines have been placed. Now it costs $28 to provide a free ultrasound for a woman who's facing an unplanned pregnancy and wondering what to do with the child. We tell her what option number three is in addition to option one and two. Option one, of course, you're a mom. Option two, legally, you can get abortion in some states. But option number three is adoption. And the ultrasound makes option number one or three much more palatable. Call 833-850-BABY right now. Make a $28 donation to save one life. Make a $28 a month donation to save a life each and every month. That's less than a dollar a day. 833 833- 850-BABY-833-850-2229 or click the pre-born banner when you go to kbrightradio.com today. Becky Johnson is with me today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Becky is the co-author along with Steve Arterburn of the brand new book called Understanding and Loving a Person with Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, Biblical and Practical Wisdom to Build Empathy, Preserve Boundaries, and Show Compassion. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And before the break, you were talking about your husband, Greg, and how when you survived an abusive marriage and then got into a marriage with with him that's a lot healthier, a lot happier, because he's such a great guy. Um, (laughs) I don't think he's Great guy. True. Yeah. Um, but then that's kind of where the problems began for you because it's like now I'm in a healthy place. I've got this wonderful man who loves me. He's not gonna be abusive to me. And now all this kind of delayed, you know, trauma is coming to the surface. What was it like initially for you? Was it you saying, Gosh, I need help? Or was him saying, Honey, are you okay?
2: Right, right. Well, you know, um when when we got married, I sort of reverted whenever he would say something just maybe slightly maybe he would just sigh mm-hmm. and i would feel oh he's disappointed and i would eventually and i would my brain would race to that feeling when my ex was disappointed and it always signaled danger danger mm-hmm. so my reaction was um one of three usually the, the three f's i would um flight mm-hmm. i would want to leave uh, fight i'd want to just push back aggressively or i'd freeze i would just kind of mm. go into the deer in the headlight thing mm-hmm. And I don't know how he knew to do this, but one day he just sat down and he said, I would would call this a reparative moment, because what he said to me is, you know what, Becky, when you feel hurt or angry or or afraid, you don't have to leave because I'm not going anywhere. Mm,
1: mm -hmm. And
2: you never need to raise your voice or push back or fight because I'm always going to sit and listen. And you don't have to freeze or tense up because I'm going to give you all the space you need, and I'm here to hold you when you're ready for a warm embrace. Mm-hmm. And so that was so significant. In fact, we've shared that with several couples that mm-hmm. maybe they weren't dealing with PTSD, but other things, there's always something.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we, bring, right.
2: we bring baggage to a marriage. And it was such a healing thing for a husband to say Mm-hmm. that it totally changed how I responded to him and the trust that I had. And then he followed through on that. Um, you know, he he was always there. He did listen. Mm-hmm. And over time the trust began to come and now I just I hardly even I don't have many triggers anymore. Wow. And if I do there I speed through the process mm-hmm. much, much faster. Sure. I sure. am healing.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that is so great to hear. And Becky Johnson is my guest today here on The Bottom Line, talking about the book that she has co-authored with Steve Arterburn, Understanding and Loving a Person with Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder. We have a link for the book up at the thebottomlineshow.com. Becky, you have a chapter in this book that talks about something that I'm sure a lot of people, I mean, introverts like you and me, understand the value of kind of getting away from the crowd every now and again, but especially as you're dealing with PTSD, there is a time to connect. There's a time to withdraw. Mm-hmm. Talk about how you learn how to, you know, identify the difference so you don't wind up saying, I have PTSD, so everyone just get away from me. You know, I, right. I, I can't be with you, you know?
2: Right. And I think that is, that is a question that people have a lot. I mean, they so let's say that you have um, a spouse who's dealing with PTSD and maybe they're withdrawing and you're lonely. Um and you, you know, you want to pull them out of their shell. And how do you know if they need that time? Because, because you know, people sometimes need that space. Mm-hmm. Well, I think if they have a, a pretty good balance of engaging in the world and engaging with you, and so and um, and also time alone, they're probably doing fine. Mm-hmm. But quite often, this is just true for all marriages, whether or not somebody has PTSD, but it's more pronounced. And for me, I do need more downtime mm-hmm. and I need things to be more consistent. And if I'm going to be social, it's going to take me a lot more emotional energy than it takes Greg. Mm-hmm. And that was hard on us at first because he he knew that I was fun to have around and I am. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty <fun laughs> Of course person. you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and so he thought just because I was fun and social that I'd want to do that all the time. but like we were talking about before the show, both of us are that way, but we both need a nap afterwards.
0: Right, we right. We need some
2: quiet time. We have to go fill that empty well. Yeah. He doesn't seem to need it as much. Um, he's just kind of steady, and he can be out there all the time. Mm-hmm. So he would probably say 70% social, 30% down. I'm exactly the opposite.
3: Mm-hmm. I
2: think this is a conversation all couples need to have. Yes. If you have someone with PTSD, you need to have it even more so because you've got to find some kind of balance that you both feel like you're being nourished and fed mm-hmm. and, um, and and also calmed. Because, you know, if I get out of balance, I'm not as much fun to live with. And he learned that. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, I like the way you put that. It's very diplomatic. But uh, the, the reality is, though, as Becky Johnson sharing with us today here on The Bottom Line, when you're understanding and loving a person with post-traumatic stress disorder, you've got, I mean, it's all about healing. First and foremost, so is it do we need to be connected to people? That's part of the healing process. Do we need some downtime to recover from that? That's part of the healing process, too. And, and there's a certain measure of compassion that has to be present, I would imagine, Becky, if you're, if you're actually going to get to this place, because it's not just the person with the PTSD. I was talking to a, a military mom. Her, her son came home mm-hmm. with PTSD, and she started doing some research on just the military side of this. And she said, you know, you're looking at a factor of 10 other people who get impacted by the fact that you have PTSD is that is wow. that i mean think think about it. your husband your children uh right. siblings coworkers that type of stuff she said on average you figure that every person with PTSD is impacting the lives of 10 other people so there's a lot of room for compassion but there's also maybe a a a lot more room for misunderstanding and you know saying the wrong things and that type what what are some of the things that we should avoid saying to somebody who's going through PTSD
2: well you know <clears throat> Like, for example, um, I think when somebody calls and they're, or they, they, um, they're in it. They're, they've been triggered. You know what you want to do automatically is you want to just talk to them about their trigger and calm them down. And that's not necessarily the best thing to do. And there's some techniques because they're kind of caught in this loop. So how do you get them out of the loop if they've been triggered? And one of the ways you do that is called grounding. And that is you ask them like, okay, now where are you? what are you doing right now? Mm -hmm. What are you touching? What are you smelling? So you kinda go through the senses because that helps them pull away from that being caught up in that kidnapped thought, pulls them back to earth. And then you wanna try to help redirect them. And so the best question for this and the one that feels the best to me is when Greg will say, what do you need? What Mm. do you think might make you feel just a little bit better? So what that does is it makes that person The PTSD person's brain Mm -hmm. has Mm -hmm. to start thinking about, hmm, what do I need? What do I want? And then so your brain starts disconnecting from that little gerbil wheel and starts being curious. Mm -hmm. And curiosity is a wonderful thing. It feels good to the brain. And so that begins to draw the person out, what they need, what they want, what would feel good. And pretty soon you're able to talk. Um, Sometimes they'll say, I need a walk or I need a, a, a hot a hot cup of tea, or mm-hmm. I want to go sit on the porch swing. It doesn't matter. I need to pet the cat. Um, does, the ice fi- does ice cream fit? Does ice cream figure into that, that too, way?
0: Becky? Ice cream, or cookies, or candy, or anything? I mean, I'm just asking for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> sure, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, whatever you need. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever you need. Well, you said a cup of tea, <laughs> and so I thought, or ice cream, or you know, that's. But no, but seriously though, I like that question. What do you need? I had a friend who was dealing with this in a relationship with a sibling and they would always ask, Where'd you go? You know, kinda like a like your eyes are wandering or whatever. Yeah. And I thought that that's a nice question, but what do you need is a lot more personal and helpful, I think.
2: Oh, and compassionate. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where'd yeah. you go is sort of uh, has a little bit of an accusation undertone yeah. to yeah. it. What do you need is has a compassionate, what can I do to help? Mhm. I understand yeah. that you're hurting, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And when that's the, 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 the undercurrent through running throughout this entire book, Understanding and Loving a Person with Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder by Steve Arterburn and Becky Johnson. The whole idea is compassion. This is about healing. This is about restoration. It's about identifying, you know, what, what are the triggers, what are the signs, what are the symptoms, but then biblical and practical wisdom to build empathy, preserve boundaries, and show compassion. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Take a quick break here and then come back with a couple of final thoughts on post-traumatic growth. And, and how now that we've identified you know, that there's someone in your world that is dealing with this, or maybe you're hearing this and saying, wow, that sounds a lot like me, um, what, what, how do we move forward? And, and what kind of growth is there? Because this is not just about survival and learning how to kind of manage it and maintain it. Uh, as Becky Johnson's been sharing with us, there's a lot of, there's a lot of healing and hope for people. Uh Becky, before the break I was talking about the fact that you, you wind this up with a list of some suggested resources, of course, but also um a whole chapter devoted to post traumatic growth. And I thought that was so helpful because I think a lot of times people think of PTSD as like, how do we just survive this? But you want mm-hmm. to take people into the thriving mode. Talk about that.
2: Exactly. Not only is healing possible, but you can you can actually be enriched. Your life can be enriched because of the trauma that you experience if If you allow the Lord to use it and you find benefit, they call it benefit um, findings, so you look for for benefits in it, you know, between 30 and 70 percent of people who experience a trauma also report positive change and growth after they come out of the traumatic experience. And that's what we need to focus on. And so when you are experiencing post-traumatic growth, and these are kind of some signs that you know that you're getting there. You have learned to overcome helplessness because, you know, when you you are traumatized, it is the extreme feeling of helplessness. It usually is something that you couldn't control. You couldn't stop. It just came in out of the blue. And so you want to feel that you're not helpless anymore. So any thoughts that help you feel less like a victim and more like a victor um, tend to help a lot. You know, you need to be in control of, of more things because, and especially your PTSD person, mm-hmm. you need to give them um, control over their own life. You know, that's why we ask, what do you need? What do you want? What do you think would work? Mm-hmm. You put it back in their power because that little bit of personal power helps so much.
0: Boy, those are those are so helpful because that, that meaning part, I mean, I, I would imagine that, that gerbil wheel you were talking about earlier, the kind of the repetitive thoughts and things like that. Right, yeah, right. Very- and,
2: and so... Understanding that trauma is not about, you know, not about anything that you just, and you'll need a little bit more help, but you will get through it because that was me
0: and I'm through it. (laughs) You certainly are. And it's so good to know that there is hope and there will be meaning through all of this and the fact that you can uh, you know, have the kind of testimony that Becky Johnson has uh, but it does take a little bit of work but God is more than able to do that work in you if you're willing to uh, submit yourself to it. Uh, Steve Arterburn and Becky Johnson, the brand new book is called Understanding and Loving a Person with Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, Biblical and Practical Wisdom to Build Empathy, Preserve Boundaries and Show Compassion. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Becky, thanks for the conversation and thanks for the work you've put into this uh, research and this book. I know it's going to help a lot of people. Thanks for being with me today here on the Bottom Line. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Well, such a helpful conversation today here on the Bottom Line and my thanks to Becky Johnson, the author, co-author of the brand new book called Understanding and Loving a Person with Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder: Biblical and Practical Wisdom to Build Empathy, Preserve Boundaries and Show Compassion. We've got a link for the book up at the show.com. We're giving away a copy of the book right now here on Good News Friday. 800-227-5278. is the number to get you through to the bottom line. And I'll tell you, if you are looking for help and hope, uh, that's what we are all about here at the Bottom Line Show. And I mentioned this earlier, if you contact uh, us today and say, hey, look, I I really would, there's someone in my family who needs this book. Mention that to Teresa or Crystal when you call, and we'll get you a copy of this book because I think it's just it's that important of a topic. Speaking of important topics, one of the things we see in the sanctity of human life world is the number of people who are finding that they're uh, you know a lot of times a woman who has an abortion when she's post-abortive all of a sudden goes into major depression, or a woman who goes to uh, an abortion clinic and find out what she's going to have to do. Sometimes she literally loses her will to live. Uh, our, we are so grateful for our relationship with our friends at Preborn. Who are helping save lives of the babies that are coming in there you know mom's pregnant gets a pregnancy test to confirm the pregnancy and then uh winds up having a, an ultrasound they get to see that little guy or little girl's face and next thing you know mom's either going to be a mom or she's going to ter- carry that child to term and release that kid for adoption as we continue i want to share the story of a woman who says were it not for a pro-life pregnancy resource center that she said and i'm quoting her here i i, I would either be dead or in prison and this is why your support of preborn is so important. Go to kbrightradio.com, click on the banner for preborn, and you can make a donation. It's $28 saves a life of one child through an ultrasound, $280 saves 10 lives, $2,800 saves 100, or you can donate $15,000 for an ultrasound machine uh, if you'd so choose. Uh, 833. 850-BABY is the number to call to make your best donation, 833-850-BABY, that's 833-850-2229. Or as I mentioned, just click on that banner and uh, the kbrightradio.com or thebottomlineshow.com website, follow the prompts there and you can make your donation in 28 seconds or less. We'll talk about the woman who says, I would either be dead or in prison if it weren't for a pro-life pregnancy resource center. We'll share her story next as the bottom line continues. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and to keep on calling, we've still got a copy of uh, Becky Johnson's book for you, Understanding and Loving a Person with Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, Biblical and Practical Wisdom to Build Empathy, Preserve Boundaries, and Show Compassion. Uh, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. We've got one copy for giveaway, but as I mentioned in the previous segment, if you uh, find yourself struggling with PTSD or maybe you have a family member who does, uh, let us know and we will make sure that we get a copy of this book to you. Um, it's interesting to see how the Pro-Life Pregnancy Center has become just, you know, something the, <laughs> uh, the left just can't understand why This is a problem. Uh, Here's a tweet from Elizabeth Warren right after Roe v. Wade was passed, about a week, or was overturned. Crisis pregnancy centers outnumber legitimate abortion care centers three to one in Massachusetts. Uh, Maura Healy, the attorney general, is sounding the alarm about their deceptive practices. We must do everything we can to protect Americans seeking reproductive care. Here's what she means. States are loath to license pregnancy care centers. They're more than happy to classify an abortion clinic as a federally qualified health care center. That's on the federal government. That's not on the pregnancy care center. Now, for those who operate pregnancy care centers, by all means, do what you can to show the legitimacy of the service. But the reason pregnancy centers outnumber abortion providers in Massachusetts three to one is that more women want them. And it's amazing how when we talk about our relationship with Preborn, and how pre-born is helping to bolster the Pregnancy Resource Center with free pregnancy tests, with free ultrasounds, your donation, a $28 donation literally saves the life of a baby. It, that's the overall cost of providing an ultrasound. It's $15,000 for an ultrasound machine, and your tax-deductible donation of any amount goes a long way either toward you can designate it for the ultrasound machine itself or just for saving babies' lives with providing an ultrasound once the machine's already there. And that's 833-850-BABY, by the way, is the number to call to make a donation, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com or thebottomlineshow.com. There's a picture of an adorable baby in a banner ad there. Uh, that's the one for preborn. Click on that link, and that's what you get. I want to share the story with you here on this Good News Friday of a woman by the name of Gina Marie This is a woman who came across the blog post I just shared with you that said the pregnancy resource centers are quote unquote fake. And actually, in all honesty, um, this is incredible. Uh, Maura Healy, the attorney general of Massachusetts, abortion is and will remain legal in Massachusetts. Well, half the states in America, it's legal. So that's nothing. Nothing the Supreme Court has said impacts appointments in our state. Of of course it doesn't. I mean, that's not you're not taking a bold stand there. That's just the obvious. Then she writes, if you're pregnant and looking to understand your options, beware of crisis pregnancy centers that try to prevent people from accessing abortion care. Then she said, know that crisis pregnancy centers, (CPCs) do not provide abortions or comprehensive reproductive health care. And what does that mean, comprehensive reproductive health care? That means an abortion clinic will prescribe contraception, an abortion center will kill your child in the womb if you want to end your pregnancy. That's comprehensive to them. But look at Planned Parenthood's annual report. For fiscal year ending 2021, Planned Parenthood performed 383,000 abortions that they're willing to admit, and they did 1,400 referrals for adoption. Now you tell me who's got comprehensive care. A pregnancy resource center that's worth their weight will say you have three options. Option number one, congratulations, you're a mother. Option number two, you can carry the child to term and release that child for adoption. Option number three, if it's legal in your state, you can abort the child. This is what Gina, in 2019, a woman by the name of Gina Marie, October 2019, received help from a group called Aid for Women, which is a pro-life pregnancy center, lots of locations in suburban Chicago. After all the organization had done for her, uh, Marie told the Christian Post in an interview, she said, I just lost it when I saw the blog post recently that talked about how pregnancy resource centers, crisis pregnancy centers, as Elizabeth Warren calls them, are are putting women's lives at risk because they don't don't help you understand your abortion options. Abortion clinics lie about adoption all the time, either by not telling you the truth or by not telling the truth at all. So Ms. Marie went to her social media page and said, look, if anyone and everyone who thinks that pregnancy centers are not real, they are very real. As for me and my children, we would not be here today, literally would not be here today. I would either be dead or in prison if it was not for the Aid for Women Pregnancy Resource Center. I took that quote super personally because they met me in a spot in my life when I was kind of willing to literally just give up. And now that I am where I am today, it's like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, Oh my goodness. This is a woman who found out she was pregnant in her late 20s. In the months before reaching out to the group, she was living out of hotels. She could not afford the one. She was staying out when she found out she was pregnant. She was about to become homeless. She met her child's father at a bar. When she told him about the child, basically he said, I'm going to tell police that you were the one who came on to me, that you sexually assaulted me unless you have an abortion. If you have an abortion, then that's fine. Now, this is a woman who was addicted to drugs and alcohol at the time. She had a criminal record at the time. Her family wasn't really in contact with her. I mean, this is not an uncommon tale. She reached out to her mom, and good for mom. Mom said, I will meet you. They went to Denny's. They had breakfast. (laughs) They had a, a conversation, and while she was there having the conversation, mom gave her the number for the Pregnancy Resource Center. So Gina Marie said, look, when I found out I was pregnant, of course, it was a huge life change. My whole life was going to change. I literally thought it was going to end. But actually, it turns out that that's exactly what God wanted, her old life to end. She called them within a week, wound up moving into a place that was one of the uh, maternity homes that the women—a uh, women's home that this pregnancy resource center operates. See, this is one of the lies of the left. Well, you don't have any options and you'll be homeless and you'll be penniless and you'll be broken. No one will care. This woman went to a pregnancy resource center, got a test, got an ultrasound, saw the baby. And then wound up finding a place to live. The people at Aid for Women drove her to and from job interviews. She immediately started applying applying for the jobs there. She got a job at a veterinary place, an animal hospital, and the staff continued to drive her to work until she could afford to buy a car. Went to school for a couple of semesters, gave birth to a daughter in February of 2020, and basically then came therapy, then came dental work. It's a tremendous story, all of which to say, Read the story. It's up at TheBottomLineShow.com. Do not discount the work that the Pregnancy Resource Center is doing for women who find themselves in an unplanned pregnancy. Got more of this great story coming up next as The Bottom Line continues.
4: Don't overpay on interest and fees by going with the wrong lender. Newport Bay Mortgage won't charge you points on your reverse mortgage wherever it is possible for them to do so. You will have peace of mind with the possibility of having additional cash to draw from to pay for unexpected expenses. Owner Cliff and his team do what they can to maximize the amount of cash available to you while minimizing the cost of closing. The result of having another stream of income relieves stress that you didn't even know was there. You'll save thousands by working with Newport Bay Mortgage because they avoid charging you points, and they will never tack on unnecessary fees. When considering ways to relieve financial stress in, before, or for retirement, you need Newport Bay Mortgage. Visit kbrightradio.com reverse. Contact Cliff today. Call 714-741-8080. 714-741-8080. NMLS three three two five five nine. Newport Bay Mortgage is an equal opportunity housing lender.
0: Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. We're sharing the story of Gina Marie, a woman who was homeless, drug addicted. She wound up pregnant, and the baby's father said, look, I'm going to tell the police that you raped me and forced me to get you pregnant if you don't abort this child. She met with her mom. Her mom turned her on to a place that was a a pregnancy resource center. They wound up helping her not only verify the pregnancy, see the ultrasound. They got her a place to live. They helped drove her back and forth to job interviews. She wound up going to school. She basically gave birth a few months later. And it's amazing. Uh, According to a report from Charlotte Lozier Institute, um, 2,700 pregnancy centers nationwide provided almost 2 million people with free resources worth approximately $270 million. And they also save communities nearly $161 million annually from getting them off of, you know, government welfare and things like that. Our partnership with Preborn is just the first step. And I encourage you to give them a call 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229, or go to CapeBrightRadio.com, Click on the pre-born banner and make a donation. $2,800 will save the life of 100 children. $280 for $10, $28 for $1, $140 for $5. $15,000 provides another ultrasound machine for another place like Aid for Women Pregnancy Centers. It's amazing what the pregnancy centers can do and the lies that the left spreads about the crisis pregnancy center isn't licensed, doesn't do comprehensive. They are running circles around abortion clinics. That is good news indeed. And that is the bottom line. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your day. Rabbi Schneider, Discovering the Jewish Jesus is coming your way next. For those who are staying with us here on the network, on the other side of this break, more good news stories to share and our Pastor of the Week winner for this week. That's all coming up next as the Bottom Line continues. Good news, good news, good news. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. October, of course, is Pastor Appreciation Month, and one of the great things about Good News Friday all throughout the month of October is every Friday during Good News Friday, we're announcing another Pastor of the Week. Now, here's how you nominate your pastor. doesn't have to be the senior pastor of your church. As a matter of fact, our winner this week is one of many pastors at a fairly large church. Uh, but this one pastor, this is the great thing about pastor, uh, uh, pastor Appreciation Month is I know during my time in pastoral ministry, I was always an assistant or associate pastor, wasn't the main guy, but there were always people who would step up and say, hey, you know what? Pastor Roger, Pastor Rob, Pastor Ron, we had a bunch of guys whose names all started with RO. <laughs> and, um, we all got like a little card, little Starbucks gift, something like that, something to acknowledge the fact That we had been uh, influential in the life of one of our parishioners, and uh, gave them the opportunity. It gave them the opportunity to say thanks, and so uh, our, our pastor of the week this week. Every time we mention pastor of the week, we get a flood of nominations, which I, I actually, I absolutely love. I really do love. As a matter of fact, we've had dozens so far since we started taking registrations. By the way, if you want to nominate your pastor. Uh, for pastor of the week Uh, let me remind you of a couple of the ground rules here first and foremost all you have to do to do so is go to kbrightradio.com k-b-r-i-t-e radio.com you'll see a banner we've got these kind of rotating banners that talk about different things like the bottom line show and some of our programmers and what you do is once you get to the banner that says pastor appreciation month and pastor of the week you click on that banner and then there's a very simple form to fill out where you nominate let us know the name of the pastor, uh, the name of the church, of course, and their address, because we want to contact them and let them know they one. But then also your, give us a name and, uh, and your email address as well, and uh, then we can contact you. And then you've got a lot of space to write, and you could write whatever you want to, as much as you want to. Now, the pastor who is nominated that we choose And like I said, we have the giant uh, prize-winning fishbowl here at the Bottom Line Show. And uh, Teresa and uh, and Crystal do a great job of taking all the names that come in for Pastor of the Week. They get all the information together, and then we go ahead and cut up. uh, You can imagine these big, long strips of paper. Have all this information on it. They put them in a big fishbowl. This week, Todd got to choose, uh, which is kind of cool. But we just kind of, you know, literally, it's the whole look the other way, put your hand in, you know, literally pull that thing out of the jar. And then the pastor who wins gets a really nice prize. It's a big gift basket of sorts. But rather than filling it like with balloons and cookies and stuff that might make you feel good for a minute, um, our gift basket actually has resources, uh, books and DVDs and and ministerial helps from the programmers that you hear on our bottom line show affiliate KBRT here in Southern California. Now, if you listen to Kbright Radio, you know we have some great Teachers. I mean, I'll tell you what: you, Michael Youssef, David Hawking here locally, uh, Charles Stanley, uh, David Jeremiah, San Diego legend for years and years. Uh, Jay Vernon McGee's teaching with through the Bible, of course. Doctor McGee's been with the Lord for over thirty years. Actually, he's been with the Lord longer than the radio. No, the radio programs been on longer than he's been with the Lord, or that he was in the pulpit. Um, uh, Alistair Begg, Truth for Life. and we have Jay Seculo who brings good, godly legal counsel to the program and of course the bottom line show as well. But we've got some great Bible teachers and many of these ministries have donated uh, certain things, journals and books and study guides and things like that. And so Teresa puts them in a big, uh, nice gift basket for the pastors who win and then they get that prize. So it's, I mean, it's great kind of like mini sabbatical for your pastor. Um, That's part number one. Part number two though, is if you as a member of your church nominate a pastor from your church, and that pastor is selected, then you also have received a gift on behalf of your church. Your church will receive 100 copies of God's Word, 100 Bibles. And that's courtesy of our friends at Truth for Life Ministry, Alistair Begg's outstanding group out of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, They have put together a packet of 100 Bible packs to give to churches. And I thought, well, this is perfect because coming out of COVID, if it's a large church who gets the 100, then what happens is those uh, uh, 100 those might wind up going to a mission somewhere that they're operating, or maybe some street ministry or something like that. New believers class coming in here, everybody gets a copy of the Bible, that type of thing. Um, for the smaller congregations, and we've had you know a couple of good-sized churches and a couple of smaller churches so far that have been selected uh, as pastor of the week. But for the, uh, the smaller churches, I mean, I think about that smallish church that might have 75, 80 members. And they still worship in a sanctuary, kind of traditional with pew Bibles and stuff like that. And during COVID, you got shut down. And what were we told? Your hymnal, your pew Bible. Well, that might spread the disease so everybody get rid of them. I know my home church got rid of theirs and still has not replaced them. And that kind of bugs me. Because a lot of people, you know, that pew Bible is the only Bible they read. Maybe someone comes in, hasn't been to church in 30 years. They don't have a Bible and there's a pew Bible right there. I gave away a lot of pew Bibles when people came in and singing hymns out of hymnals. I mean, we could do an entire program on the benefits of what it does for you congregationally, but also, uh, it's just good for eye-hand coordination. <laughs> it, we learn and retain a lot more, those kind of singing sermons, if you will, by singing hymns out of hymnals. Anyway, so that 100 Bible gift for the church, that's huge. I, I'm envisioning that we'll have a couple more churches before the month is over that where their pastor is nominated for pastor of the week, And they wind up getting that gift pack and that 100 Bible gift is just something that is uh, far more precious than rubies or gold or silver. So anyway, okay, drum roll, if you will, we're going to do it early this hour. Uh, We've usually done it toward the end of the broadcast, but I wanted to kick off hour number two of the Bottom Line Show with this week's Pastor of the Week. And this week's Pastor of the Week is Pastor Julian Duguid from Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. Uh, congratulations, Pastor Julian. Now, I, I know that there are some people might say, wait, Big Calvary? I mean, there's a ton of pastors on staff there. Who's Pastor Julian? Well, Pastor Julian is, uh, has been nominated by a couple of bottom line show listeners. And he, this is a guy who is one of the pastors and facilitators for the cancer support group at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa. He also assists with the Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa Saddleback Church food distribution offering that's often held in the parking lot there and does personal counseling, oversees the military veterans Bible study, and their gathering every Friday night uh, as the, uh, the, the Boyd family who nominated him said, we could go on. Uh, Pastor Julian is one of the most genuine, committed Christians they know. Uh, many would agree that he is, quote-unquote, the real deal. Um, His life centers around living for, representing, and glorifying Jesus Christ, uh, who is everything to him. He's a tremendous preacher and teacher of God's precious word. Uh, His wife, Monica, is also passionate about studying and living out and teaching God's precious word as well. They have two beautiful children, Grace and Angelique, and uh, they were missionaries who pastored a church in South Africa before coming to Costa Mesa, and um, this is a guy who He leads a Bible study on Thursday morning and uh, has actually filled in the pulpit in Big Calvary, as they were for Pastor Brian, the senior pastor there, when Brian Broderson isn't able to be there as well. Um, This is a, uh, the the fact that uh, this is a guy who is, they say, is very humble and, uh, uh, you know, very gracious. Um, This is what... (laughs) The the Boyd family continued, and they wrote, Thank you, Teresa and Crystal and Todd and everyone at KBRT. We thank God for you and your servants' hearts, and that each of you have, and for serving us, our listeners, and daily blessing us with teachings from God's word for all you do to encourage and inspire us and so many. May God continue to richly bless each of you, and may Jesus continue to be honored and glorified, and the gospel spread to K. Bright. Uh, Sincerely grateful, and that's from uh, the, uh, the Boyd family, Barry and Janice Boyd. So, uh, congratulations to pastor Julian Duguid from Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. He is this week's winner of the pastor of the week prize pack which means he gets a big old basket full of all sorts of resources and great things from the ministries that support our programming here at uh, our bottom line show affiliate KBRT in Southern California and Calvary Chapel's ministries are going to get a hundred Bibles to give away as they deem fit. And uh, maybe it's going to be in the cancer support group. Maybe it's going to be in the veterans Bible study, uh, regardless of how uh, that comes about. I mean, that's something that pastor uh, Duguid will be able to um, determine uh that's the best way to go. So, congratulations to Pastor Julian Dugood, Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, this week's Pastor of the Week. And don't forget, if you want to, um, if you want to nominate your pastor, we're doing this Pastor of the Week giveaway drawing for two more Fridays because Pastor Appreciation Month ends at the end of October. So today's the 14th. you got the 21st and the 28th, and that's the end of the month. So if you've not nominated your pastor for Pastor of the Week yet, I highly recommend that you do. Go to kbriteradio.com, and you can enter, fill out the form, the same way the Boyd family did for Pastor Julian, and you can nominate your pastor. I especially encourage you, if you are part of a smaller congregation, to reach out for this. We have, like I said, we've got dozens of entries here. I can't guarantee who's going to win you know, next week or the week after. But this is a golden opportunity for you if you're a smaller congregation, not only to bless your pastor with resources, that there's a good chance he's bivocational and does not have, you know, a lot of money hanging around to go buy some books and get some DVDs and things like this, but also for your congregation to be blessed with the hundred Bibles that come along with this. Um, can't put a price on that enough, especially in this day and age when you have people like California's governor actually using scripture to try to defend a cruel and heinous act like abortion. Um, The more we know about the word of God and and getting a copy of God's actual word as opposed to when we get to the point in this culture where the religion becomes state-sponsored in a lot of states, and my hunch is the first states to look for are the states that are pro-abortion, are going to become the states where they're going to pass laws that make it illegal for us to preach the true word of God and about sin and salvation. And we'll have to, you know, settle for a state-sponsored Bible that eliminates things like homosexuality is a sin and adultery's wrong and, you know, that abortion isn't murder, you know, that type of stuff. So make sure that you have a true copy of the actual word of God. Don't wait until the only copy you can buy is a state-sponsored one. Okay, Pastor of the Week, Uh, one of my favorite times of the week, uh, broadcast week here at uh, the Bottom Line Show. And uh, if you want to nominate your pastor, go to kbrightradio.com, click on the link for Pastor Appreciation Month, and nominate your pastor for Pastor of the Week. As we continue, another good news story, this one involving uh, pro-life activists that were arrested right at the beginning of the pandemic And they were accused of blocking an abortion clinic. You know, that whole RICO laws, the racketeering laws that abortionists have been trying to use against pro-lifers for years and years. Um, There is good news coming out of uh, North Carolina and one small city there where uh, apparently the pro-life community was in danger of not being able to do any sidewalk witnessing. We'll talk about what's happening there coming up next as the bottom line continues. When a young mother hears her baby's heartbeat for the first time, everything changes. They know that's a baby. And when you partner with us and Preborn, You let them see the ultrasound image and God takes care of the rest. Roger Marsh here for Preborn, our newest member of the Bottom Line Show family. Preborn is helping women by helping them see their child on the ultrasound. Hear that baby's heartbeat for the first time after getting that pregnancy test and you'd be amazed at the results. So far for the first half of this year, more than 25,000 babies have been saved through Preborn and 25 ultrasound machines have been placed. Now it costs $28 to provide a free ultrasound for a woman who's facing an unplanned pregnancy and wondering what to do with the child. We tell her what option number three is in addition to option one and two. Option one, of course, you're a mom. Option two, legally, you can get abortion in some states. But option number three is adoption. And the ultrasound makes option number one or three much more palatable. Call 833-850-BABY right now. Make a $28 donation to save one life. Make a $28 a month donation to save a life each and every month that's less than a dollar a day 833-850-baby 833-850-2229 or click the pre-born banner when you go to kbrightradio.com today Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Good News Friday edition of The Bottom Line as we just uh, wrapped up our Pastor of the Week celebration. (laughs) We started the off the hour with the uh, uh, Pastor of the Week uh, commemoration and Pastor Julian Duguid from Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa is this week's Pastor of the Week and Pastor Julian uh, receiving a really nice prize from our team here at The Bottom Line Show courtesy of the ministries that you hear every day here on KBRT, our flagship affiliate for The Bottom Line Show. And then, of course, Uh, Pastor Julian's ministry at Calvary Chapel, uh, receiving 100 Bibles to use as they deem fit. You know, the pro-life community has been handing out Bibles uh, for years. And of course, a lot of uh, uh, pro-life pregnancy resource centers have a faith component as well that involves handing out the word of God or handing out tracts, praying for people who come up. Um, There's a group called Love Life who are known as Global Impact Ministries. And a number of other pro-life activists were, I I said a small town in North Carolina. Well, it's Greensboro. It's not exactly small. And uh, the city of uh, Greensboro and the county of Guilford County in North Carolina uh, were on the receiving end of a lawsuit by a couple of guys who were part of Love Life, simply because they were arrested for uh, being... uh, (laughs) They were distributing uh, pro-life literature. They were praying for people out in front of the, uh, the uh, this pregnancy, uh, well, abortion center, as it were. And the question was, do you have the legal right to peacefully demonstrate on public sidewalks? Now, there were a couple of guys who were doing so in March of 2020. Uh, they were outside a place called A Woman's Choice, which is an abortion clinic in Greensboro, North Carolina. This was a time when a lot of state and local governments had implemented their lockdown orders because the pandemic had just been officially declared. Um, Love Life uh, was part of this group, along with, um, uh, there was a complaint that included the founder of Love Life, also the president of the organization, uh, Justin Reeder, uh, a couple of other people who are involved in this, a couple of pastors who are involved in this as well. And they retained Alliance Defending Freedom and filed a lawsuit in April of 2020. Basically, the argument was these guys weren't doing anything illegal. And the pro-life advocates were actually, um, they, they, were, they were arrested for apparently uh, getting into the public square and uh, making it impossible for them. Um, they, the city did what a lot of cities did Early on in the pandemic, do you remember what happened? They were talking about the precautions that they were taking. I know there were a lot of churches, a lot of businesses. They were asking, What can we do? I mean, quite frankly, I know a lot of churches that shut down in the early days of the pandemic simply because they were confused about the law. They didn't want to break the law, but you know, they didn't want to put people at risk either. The public health uh, restrictions that were put into order by the city of Greensboro and the county of Guilford County were limiting the gathering to 10 people. You remember those days? Uh, you couldn't be closer than six feet apart. And so it's interesting because um, the plaintiffs in this case, Love Life and you know the, the ministries that were involved, uh, said that they have video documentation showing that they were doing that. They never had more than 10 people in front of the clinic or if there were people in front of the clinic who were going in, they made sure that there weren't more than 10 people total in front. Everybody was six feet apart. They weren't not complying with the new re- regulations in addition to um, the um, and to the uh, the special uh Applications, as it were, because of the COVID pandemic. But nonetheless, they were still arrested anyway. Alliance Defending Freedom senior counsel Denise Harl, who's the director of the ADF Center for Life, issued a statement earlier this week that said she believed this case was never about public health and safety. She said it was about the government silencing people because they didn't like what they had to say. Now, this is something that churches have been using as an argument in their court cases against. Uh, overextended, heavy-handed government regulations against, you know, the people of faith, people of uh, conscience when it comes to the sanctity of human life. And let's, let's face it, if you were part of a church that said, hey, we would rather stay closed and do everything online than to open up again and wind up risking the wrath of the government, then you were bullied by this too. There were six different times When the People's Republic of California Governor Gavin Newsom was reprimanded, he lost cases in the Supreme Court because the L.A. County Department of Health or whoever, whatever agency it was, uh, would needlessly harass a church who they said was putting the health of the public at risk. Well, (laughs) in this case at Greensboro, North Carolina, uh, uh, good on these guys for stepping up initially and saying, wait a minute, we know what the laws are, what we can and can't do. In front of, you know, as pro-life advocates, in front of an abortion clinic, we know what we can't do. We're not going to violate those laws, number one. Number two, in light of the the restrictions that came up in March of 2020, we didn't violate those either. We were had masks on, we were ten feet or six feet away. We never had more than ten people in front. I mean, we were following all of the rules and still got arrested. So and basically they were threatened with fines of up to a thousand dollars for each of the actions outside of the, uh, the abortion clinic. Well, the good news is now these pro-life advocates have actually reached a settlement with the city of Greensboro and with Guilford County that will allow them to continue to demonstrate peacefully on public sidewalks. The two parties have agreed in a joint stipulation of dismissal with prejudice That was brought before the U.S. District Court for Middle District of North Carolina. The dismissal agreement includes the city resolving all claims advanced by the plaintiffs, and both sides covering their own attorneys' fees. Now, in February, this is for the city of Greensboro. The county of Guilford County reached a settlement with the pro-life activists. They said they paid $15,000 in attorneys' fees and agreed to respect the First Amendment rights of them in the future. Uh, Basically, uh, the the pro-lifers and Guilford County agreed to a joint stipulation of dismissal, um, and Greensboro's done the same. So this is, it's a red-letter day for the pro-lifers. Again, this is not about money. It's not about trying to get your case solved the way you want it and get a big paycheck as a result. In the case of Love Life versus Guilford County, Guilford County wound up agreeing to pay the legal fees. In the case against the city of Greensboro, both sides said, we'll pay our own fees. And so good for them and good on them. No jail time, no punishment, no penalty. Just we'll cover our own stuff and we will continue to preach that good news of the sanctity of human life. I want to talk about why that is so important in today's day and age. Coming up next as the bottom line continues. Let Wilson Financial Services help you identify proprietary financial strategies for your wealth that work for your life.
3: Let's revisit our one-year CD. Had a client who had $500,000 of retained earnings in his corporation for the last three years. I said, if you'd have put that into this account three years ago, you'd have seventy-five dollars to $100,000 of interest versus what you have now, which is a nice round number. Had a client sell his house. Had 450000 in the bank. I told him, is he really not likely to buy a house in the next 12 months? You want to leave this in the bank earning nothing? Or would you like to earn some interest on it over the next 12 months? So he said, How much? I said, Well, how about between 20 and 30,000? He says, Zero versus 20 or 30,000. Yeah, he says, I like the 20 or 30,000. Sounds better. Aren't you tired of earning nothing
0: with all the money you have in the bank? Call 800 696 9970. 800 696 9970. Or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial. For simply better alternatives. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Good News Friday edition of the program, and we are rejoicing with the good news that a couple of pro life advocates in Greensboro, North Carolina, and Guilford County, North Carolina, have settled their legal issues with the county. They, we talked about that earlier this year, and now the city of Greensboro, both sides have agreed to pay their own legal fees. Charges have been dropped with prejudice, and uh, everybody agrees that the whole thing is now dismissed, and we can go on. It's so important for us to let the world know about the sanctity of human life in ways that people will understand. I mean, you've got senators like Elizabeth Warren talking about how dangerous the Crisis Pregnancy Center is and how basically what a sanctuary it is for abortion providers. But the reality is, I mean, there's some lying going on on the left. The lie is that you only have two options as a woman when you go to an abortion clinic. Option number one, kill your kid. Option number two, you're going to be a mother, but it's going to be really hard. And they provide no benefit for that woman whatsoever. They keep talking about reproductive justice and reproductive freedom. But you have to pay for your pregnancy test. You don't get information about adoptions. You don't get any help. I mentioned the story of Gina Marie, uh, the woman who says a pregnancy resource center saved her life after uh, dealing with drugs and alcohol and homelessness. She found out she was pregnant in her late 20s. She went to a pregnancy resource center, free pregnancy test, free ultrasound, and then they helped her find a job. They helped her find a place to live. They helped her get back to school. She gave birth a couple months later and a healthy baby child. And remark- she says, look, these places save lives. Our work with Preborn is all about saving life, giving mom peace of mind that she's making the best decision for her and her child. Abortion clinics don't do that, and no one calls them out on this, except activists like the folks at Love Life who said, hey, we just want to talk to the women who are coming to this abortion clinic here and let them know what their three options are, and the left shoots that down. You're being arrested for trespassing. We're going to throw you in jail and fine you $1,000. What, for telling the truth? I mean when a woman contacts a pre-born clinic the first thing she's going to get is a pregnancy test and an ultrasound that she didn't have to pay for and she's going to see the picture of the child and then she's going to get good godly counsel as to what her options are and which course of action she will take options are threefold you're either going to be a mom you're going to kill the kid through abortion or you're going to release that child for adoption. Over 50% of women who are post-abortive, meaning you know, they had an abortion, um, said that if they had known that adoption was an option, they would have placed their child for adoption. 83% of the women who go to a pre-born-related clinic wind up either keeping their child or releasing that child for adoption. And not only this, 46,000 children saved last year through preborn because of these ultrasounds that, pro- that abortion clinics won't show you. Oh, they have ultrasound machines. They have to. How else is the abortionist going to know where to go and get the kid? But they don't show the ultrasound image, and they'll tell you the reason why is it's it's too scary. It's too traumatic. Meanwhile, you talk to the mothers who see the baby, and they go, wow, I'm going to be a mom. That's a human being. That's my baby. He looks just like his father or his mother. Preborns doing that $28 donation saves one child. Can we save a hundred kids between now and the end of the program? I know it's only a couple of minutes. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-2229 or go to kbrightradio.com and click on the pre-born banner or you can find it at thebottomlineshow.com and make your best donation. It's completely tax deductible. But it is a statement of truth about the sanctity of human life that when a man and woman come together as they do in a conjugal relationship and the child is conceived, they're going to be parents and the world is going to be blessed. God has never created any human being and then said, wow, what was I thinking? There are things that happen to people that don't fit in society. We understand that there's evil that gets into thrust into people's lives. That's not God's doing. That's the work of the enemy. When you see that baby's image on the ultrasound, when you hear the heartbeat, you know God has worked a miracle and you have been honored and blessed to carry that miracle to term. And there's a family that's going to be blessed. Either your family's going to grow and you're going to love that, or you're going to release that child for adoption for every kid who's adopted in the U.S. There are 37 other families waiting to adopt who are qualified, ready, and willing. But it starts with an ultrasound and a mother meeting her child through that image. Preborn is the best ministry I know for doing so. Click on the Preborn banner when you go to kbrightradio.com or thebottomlineshow.com. The gift of life created physically by God. The gift of life given spiritually also by God. That is the good news and that's the bottom line.